give a big welcome to our listeners and our audience. I'm Teresa Quinlan. I'm here with my co-host, Reese Thomas. We make up TNT and we're here to explode the status quo with our guest, Kevin Monroe. You know, this series is all about talking with people. They're helping us to think differently so we can start doing some things differently. Now, I first met Kevin when he randomly called me after a brief encounter on LinkedIn. There were some posts and comments and I was cooking. We spoke for about 45 minutes. This action of just picking up the phone and calling someone who sparked a feeling of, I think I might like to get to know you, really speaks to Kevin's charisma as an individual, it defines his humanity, his willingness to do things that are maybe a little outside the box for most of us. And while he's also the founder of X Factor Consulting, he hosts the Friday noon Humans First Club calls on LinkedIn. He's the heart behind the 10 day gratitude challenge. There's so many things we could talk to you about, Kevin. <laughs> Am I blushing? I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. You're an amazing human being. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Well, thank you, Teresa and Reese, for inviting me here. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the conversation. And wow, I'm, I really am. I'm blushing from that, that introduction. Mm -hmm. I, I do remember that call. There, there, that we had this little banter or something. And I'm just like, I'm just going to call and, and see if she answers the phone. And mm -hmm. not many people do that anymore, do they? Or you need the name to come up to kind of go, who's calling me? Otherwise, you know, <laughs> it's somebody to say, would you like your ducks cleaned again? I'm like, you know, you keep calling me <laughs> every week and every week I say no. <laughs> Thank you. Have your ducks cleaned? Yeah, you know, like in your house, the vent. The oh, okay. I <laughs> That's not what I was picturing. I'm guessing me not. Either. I was like, wow. <laughs> Must be a Canadian thing. And somebody comes and claimed your ducks. I thought ducks claimed themselves. So. Oh, that's amazing. If it was something for Canadians, it would definitely be geese, not ducks. We are pumped because a lot of the times we do talk about, you know, leadership and leadership impact. This is going to be episode 10. Double Woo. digits. Okay, first off, I've got to say congratulations. Because do you know that there are tons of podcasts that never make it to episode 10? I mean, that sounds kind of crazy. It does sound So congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. None whatsoever. What we're talking about today, I think, probably resonates a lot with why. No pressure. Just going for it. So, Kevin, you're on this quest. What does it take to live an extraordinary life? What a question. What a question to ask yourself. What a question to ask the world. What a question for us to dive into as a conversation. You believe we all have the power to transform ordinary things to create an extraordinary life. I would love to know, Reese would love to know, every listener is on the edge of their seat wanting to know where did this begin for you? It, it began a long time ago. Seriously, when I say that, from the time I was a teenager, I just remember having this insatiable desire to make the world a better place. And I know a lot of people that have that. But Teresa and Reese, I felt very ill-prepared. I felt inept to make the world a better place because I had this kind of misunderstanding. I grew up, I'm like one of the most ordinary people on the planet is how I see myself, right? And, and I would look around and especially in the Western world, we idolize celebrities and we elevate people to hero status. And we look at these people and we say, well, they are the exceptional ones. Of course, they live 
exceptional lives and extraordinary lives. Mm -hmm. But what about the rest of us? We're just doomed to be ordinary because we weren't born with exceptional brains, brawn, or beauty. I wonder too if even the confusion of extraordinary mean has some sort of connection to extravagant. Yeah. And so in this journey, Teresa, I mean, I just started finding what really makes life extraordinary or what makes encounters extraordinary are taking these what are really ordinary events, ordinary occurrences in life and attacking them, I don't even know if that's the right word, attacking, we'll use that word, attacking them with extra uh, fervor, with extra focus or extra flair. And all of a sudden, these things that are ordinary, we just experience them transformed. And it's like, now that that was so ordinary, I'm experiencing it so differently. And that's what I want to see happen because I think all of us, every day, every ordinary day, right? And in so many of our lives, we look at, this is just another ordinary day. It's just like, in so many ways, this Friday seems like every other Friday that comes across your diary or calendar. You know, I mean, they're just, they're so, because on Fridays I do this and I go to work and we have, you know, and if you're really like a, um, a big bang theory kind of person, Sheldon, you know, he wore the same thing every Friday. He mm -hmm. ate the same thing every day of the week, right? And for some of us, life becomes that regimented and routinized. And when it does, we miss the opportunities for extraordinary. Well, it's interesting because like, a lot of the people that we talk to, I mean, Teresa, probably from, from a client point of view, they'll come to us and they maybe have these same sort of ideas and they'll maybe come to, so I don't think I'm worthy. I don't think I, I, I'm not, I don't deserve to have the success. I'm not this, I'm not that. And it all comes from this sort of feeling of self-doubt. And to me, I believe that all of us have that extraordinary inside of us, you know, but from a nature point of view, just the very fact that we're here is an extraordinary experience and we have that in us. So Maybe it's a nurture thing that has, has allowed some people to grasp hold of that idea and, and let that flourish or let it flare, to use your words, whereas some people have been knocked down or you know, told you are ordinary or, or worse than that. And, and it's great that someone like yourself can come along and give this new, this, this spark, this idea by you know, things like the Humans First, things like the, the challenges that you've been doing to try and inspire people, because that's all it really takes. It's just that one person to, to give you that inspirational message give you that encouragement to start something beautiful happening what was it that made you start you didn't answer the question originally <laughs> well he did i mean he's he mentioned what he thought about like life and life in general but like where does it specifically begin for you reese is very literal when it comes to question asking i, I am too um so Honestly, I think where it came from me was winding up at a couple of places and points in life that seemed like the end of the road, right? I mean, there, there was something I had said, okay, oh, this is, this is what I am called to do in life, or this is what I'm supposed to do in this season of life. And then it didn't work out, you know? And then all of a sudden, it, it's like the first time I got fired. The only time I got fired, okay, let me, I, I, I was just trying to think, wait a minute, saying the first time I got fired may give people the wrong idea, and they're thinking, just how many times have you been fired? I was just going to say no, that. Sure, yeah. 
you know, 17. No. How many jobs have I had? I got fired from them all. No, no, no. That's not the case. Um, <laughs> there was a point in time that I had thought that was kind of life's mission for me. Mm. You know, this is what I'm supposed to do in life, who I'm supposed to be. And you fired me. I don't always say this, but, but I got fired from a church. Okay. I mean, <laughs> Let's all have a little laugh about that because that does sound kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, I got fired from a church. I'm like, well, how does that happen? Especially when I had grown up in this belief that said, well, that's what I'm supposed to do with my life. Mm. Okay, so I am a person of, of faith and a belief in higher power and higher purpose. And, and I grew up in a system that taught me, if you really want to do something meaningful with life, they're like three paths to do that. One is to be a doctor, or you could be, you know, like in, in one of the caring professions, a teacher or something, or you could be clergy. Well, that's what I, I, I want to make a difference in the world. So this is the path. Okay, let me take the path. Then I go down that path. And like I say, at uh, 28 years old, I got fired from that. So now what, right? Is this the end of the road? And with a little more perspective, you find out it was just a bend in the road. You know, and it's kind of like at those moments, we think, well, gosh, now what? Life's over or job's over. So another one of those happened a few years later it, when, when I was part of a failed startup, when September 11th happened, right? When the internet bubble burst, I was part of a startup. None of us knew that the bubble was about to burst. We, you know, we're, we're jumping on the bubble. We're thinking, oh, wow, this, this is the path forward. This is the, our way to make a major contribution to the world. And then September 11th happened. The, the company that was an investor in ours stopped investing in our business. And all of a sudden, you know, our company was belly up. So I didn't get fired from that one, but the company failed. That one hit me hard. After that was kind of my first adult experience with depression. But again, I look at that as, wow, this is an end of the road. And what I thought was going to be this exceptional opportunity is now over. And so for me, it was stuff like, it's, it's picking up the pieces after the explosion. If I'm, and I've never said that before. So thank you for allowing me to think about this. But it's picking up the pieces after the explosion that allowed me to say, okay, there's still an opportunity for extraordinary here. There's still an opportunity. How do we find it now? It's such a great description, Kevin, because you mentioned a few things regarding our natural state of perhaps our, our personality left untouched from external forces. How do we develop as an individual? Then how nurturing influences sort of the containers that we would then place ourselves in for opportunity or how we would define ourselves, And then all of our life experiences and bump back to back to each other. And so all of these things have a dynamic interwoven impact on then how we see life is ordinary, life is extraordinary, life uh, provides for me, life takes from me. There's so many different ways of being able to interpret life when it's in front of you. And sometimes we see people who are very young and have a very unique perspective in that, that they are, as you put it, taking ordinary things and adding the triple Fs to them and making it extraordinary in their experience. And then there are others who perhaps make it their entire life to their deathbed 
and wish they had a more extraordinary life. Wish when it's a little too late hmm. that things would have been different. And it's sad because they didn't realize it was all within their control. Boom. Okay, so I, I've got a, we created this community that we call This Extraordinary Life. The name that I had originally had for that was The Extraordinary Life. And my collaborator and friend, Christy Kern, who's always behind the scenes, Christy says, I think it's This Extraordinary Life is what we need to call this. I'm like, well, let's talk about that. Why is that? And it's just what you said, Teresa, when, when we think about the extraordinary life, we think it, we could be prone to think it's something out there. It's something yet to attain. It's a mountain to climb yeah. where this extraordinary life helps us discover what, what you said, Reese. I mean, every day that we wake up is, is pretty extraordinary and the world we live in is pretty flipping extraordinary as it is, right? When you, when you hear the scientists say, well, gosh, if the earth was just a little different in its orbit, the sun wouldn't give just the right amount of warmth. Either it wouldn't be enough and we'd all freeze to death. It'd be too much and we'd burn. You go, wow, that's pretty extraordinary. <laughs> so every day we live has the potential to be extraordinary. It's not like we got to go, go out there and climb Mount Everest to have an extraordinary life. And I shared this with you before. I mean, uh, last year, out of this quest, I mean, just for me, wanting more extraordinary in my life. And honestly, I'll, I'll tell the story. And I remember it was April 17th. I woke up, it, it, it was a depressing day. It was one of those days I was struggling to get my fanny out of bed in the morning and got up. I have my morning routine, which includes a lot of quiet, a lot of stillness, some meditation, sacred or devotional reading, whatever that inspirational reading, prayer time. Nothing. I had nothing that morning. Nothing. I journal every day. I open my journal and I just wrote this line. I believe the Holy Spirit is the source of all creativity in the universe. So I said, Holy Spirit, you are the source of creativity. Ignite creativity in me. And then laid on the floor thinking I was going to pray. I'm not even sure I may have fallen asleep. I don't even know. I mean, there was nothing, yeah. nothing spiritual about that moment. I am totally wasted, totally empty, depressed. 45 minutes later, there was an idea that arrived that was like 85% fully formed with name and everything. And the name was the extraordinary experiment. So I called my friend, Christy Kern. I said, hey, Christy, I got an idea. How crazy is this? What if we do an extraordinary experiment? And Christy says to me what Christy always says to me. I'm in. <laughs> Let's do this. And so the whole premise was of this, that life is ordinary, but there are these little things we can do that, that allow us to access the extraordinary, to see the extraordinary. So we designed 13 experiments and did one a week for 13 weeks. And we had, I, I don't even remember, I, I remember we had people from 40 something countries join us for this, which blows my mind. How do people from 40 countries find out about something? And, and we had like, I'm trying, I think the number was 275 people join. When I do something like that, I will not pay to run an ad because that just seems to devalue it. I, I'm not trying to hawk it to people. We just do it organic outreach and let people find and people respond. Mm -hmm. But people showed up. And so we just, we strung together 13 experiments. Like, and the first one was just the awareness. 
where does extraordinary begin? It just begins by being awake. I had a conversation with our friend Gary Turner, and we were talking about this awaken to purpose, meaning, and connection was what we were talking about. This, But this awakening. And Gary was talking about you either go through life sleepwalking or awake. So we started this, just be aware of what's around you. Just kind of notice, wow, there are people everywhere. Anyway, we went through these 13 weeks and one of them was the connection challenge. And I told you, I was in a restaurant in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. I was meeting a guy I knew on LinkedIn, Dick. We're sitting there to have breakfast together. I sit there with Dick and a server walks up. She says, what, what would you like to drink? And I said, ah, first, this is Dick. My name's Kevin. What's your name? And she's like, she was totally befuddled. Sure. She says, well, what do you want to drink? And, and she goes, oh, well, my name's Pat. Well, when she comes back with my coffee, she says, Kevin, I've worked here 20 years. No one has ever asked me my name. Okay. How ordinary is the fact that we all have names? <laughs> That's pretty well, ordinary. Ordinary too, when you meet someone for the first time, that there's an introduction and exchange of names. Like that's fairly ordinary, but not in a restaurant when someone's serving you. It's like there's an exception to this ordinary rule. And that little thing mm. transformed what would be an ordinary interaction into a transformative encounter. I guarantee you, Pat still remembers that breakfast. Yeah, for sure she does. Absolutely. I agree with you. Right. It's, so to me, I mean, that's kind of what I mean. This ordinary, this extraordinary, it's around us every single day. There is an opportunity to look at something and just see it differently, to focus a little more, add a little flair to, and, and Teresa, I mean, Reese, does this lady bring flair everywhere she goes? Yeah. I'm serious. If it's not in my face and my smile, it's always in my hair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what I that's how I experience you in the humans first hangouts, right? I mean, there is just this fervor and flair that always comes out. When we do that, we transform the atmosphere, the energy around us, and people experience it differently. And all of a sudden people are saying, I want what she's having. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go back to the, the 13 areas that you, you chose. Why you chose them? What was it about those 13 things that you felt would transform ordinary to extraordinary? What we saw, Reese, we, we saw this path. We started very simple, just being aware, right? And that's kind of that awakening, just, oh, wow. And, and so what we invited people to do, and I mean, think about what if you just chose a day? When you're walking from meeting to meeting, or when you're out in the coffee shop, or when you're commuting, if you commute, you're on the train, the bus, however you commute, you're on the plane, put your phone away. Mm -hmm. Get your head out of the newspaper. Get your head out of the magazine and do what nobody else is doing. One day, and I took a picture, I I was getting on the, the plane train at the Atlanta airport, and the gates open of the train there, and everybody, everybody was glued to their phone. And I just pulled out my phone and took a picture <laughs> of everybody being like this. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, when you're the one person that's not like that, and you're just looking around, there's so much to take in. 
And then all of a sudden, so get your head out of the, that's where we started this, just being aware of the world around you. Then we, we started inviting people to just notice and notice like the, if you're in an office, the security guard you pass every single day, the receptionist you pass every, notice them. I think this is really powerful, the distinction between awake and sleepwalking perhaps is the noticeability part, the putting your head up. And it also relates to me in the downside of being so routine and so ritualistic. Just like you had mentioned, you have a morning routine. I have a morning routine. Reese has routines that he follows as well. My routine changes every morning, but when you look over the course of a week, it's kind of a week repeats itself week over yeah. week over week. And this habitual nature oftentimes keeps my head down. Yeah. Because I'm just on autopilot. I'm, yeah, I'm on autopilot and I'm repeating. And so even these things that I repeat that help me with happiness, awakening, gratitude, all of those kinds of things that then help me to live an extraordinary life, those things actually become quite mediocre and mundane. Unless I am intentional before going into every single one of them for its purpose and not just sort of like putting my shirt, putting my shoes on, putting my coat on, getting myself out the door for a run, you know, running in the same direction every single time. This whole concept and idea of lifting your head up and keeping your eyes open. Uh, awakeness infers that there's a certain amount of questioning to everything that we would be doing, uh, a checking in, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So even if we arise one morning and we just feel like, I don't have it today mm -hmm. and I need to pray to the Holy Spirit or I need to throw it out to the universe or I need to call up my best friend and I need to ask for that intervention. Mm -hmm. I need to ask for divine intervention. Give me something. I need to universe. I'm awake and I'm just going to ask for it. And I will believe that you will provide it for me. Friend, I don't know what's going on, but what do you got for me today? We all have that kind of power within to be aware of when we're not quite in extraordinary mode. Yeah. And then to ask for it. And then just to make that little shift, mm -hmm. right? I mean, that to me, that's the, the beautiful part of this, right? The difference, but so I guess I grew up believing, hmm, I've never said this before, this is fun. I think I grew up believing there was this giant gulf between ordinary and extraordinary. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I just realized, no, it's just a twitch of the dial from ordinary to extraordinary. And so much of it is what you were just talking about, Teresa. If, if we just get our eyes off ourselves and look around and see who else is out there. Mm -hmm. An extraordinary life, I think what, what I used to think is, oh my gosh, yeah, I'm destined to be ordinary because I'm not winning the Olympics, right? Gold medal in the Olympics, which I don't know if you've heard this, but from the happiness studies, the happiest person on the podium next to the gold medal winner is not the silver, it's the bronze. Because the bronze beat out everybody else to get on the platform. The silver is only thinking, if I'd have been a little better, I could have had gold. Yeah. It's all this, it's perception, it's focus. And so just to realize every one of us engaged in this conversation, whether you're watching or you're listening, you understand you are engaged in this conversation has an opportunity for an extraordinary occurrence in our lives today.
Well, this is a diving board for individuals to just engage in this conversation with the people that are around them, right? What does this extraordinary life mean to you? How, how do you want to go about cultivating? What would be the first thing that you would do? It's easy enough to engage in a conversation. Now, there's something we've been talking about, and I think, eh. <laughs> and it is that, you know, yeah. when we talk about things like this, we're like, yeah, that's, you know, you're awake and then you see someone across the street struggling and you cross the street and you go and talk to them. Like there is sometimes a chasm to leap between <laughs> being awake and taking action because right. there are a certain amount of emotions and beliefs that kind of get in our way from taking those kinds of leaps. What are your thoughts about characteristics, personality traits, skills, that people need to actually be able to then take action on the little bit more to go from ordinary to extraordinary. Hmm. Say, say more about that list first that you just, uh, <laughs> huh. so I think sometimes you can have a barrier like fear, you know, what if Susan was awake, took this alternate route, saw the man across the street and went, what if I get over there and he like lashes out at me? What if I go over there and he's like, I'm fine. I don't need your help. And then gets angry at me. I don't, I don't know if I, if I want to put myself in that position. And so I don't, I don't mm -hmm. engage with other people. There has to be some sort of personality trait, some sort of courage, some sort of emotional awareness, some something that drives yeah. you to do it regardless of some of these barriers that might be in your way to taking action. Oh, I love that. I love that. Gosh they're a bunch, Teresa. Reese, what are you thinking? So, well, see I, think, I don't know if it's necessarily a personality trait, but I think maybe, like, like you said before, you need to have had some kind of experience yourself. Like if you've been through that experience, if you've been the person on the other side of the road and you needed help and you, you, you were healed, you, as you said in your post, heal people, heal people, that sort of thing. So mm -hmm. if you've had that awakening, like you were talking about earlier, if you've had that awareness, we talk about self-awareness and emotional intelligence, but just what you're describing, just a basic awareness, just looking up, seeing what opportunities there to help, to make a difference. That small little thing, you just need to take a little step to first be aware and then realize that it's worthwhile taking a chance and, and the possibilities, regardless of what fear might be telling you in the back of your head, positive possibilities of taking that chance suddenly outweigh the negative yeah. things that you're afraid of. I guess you have to have experienced maybe something like that. I don't know about a personality trait that would make you more inclined to do that. Perhaps Teresa has something in mind that she's fishing for, but. No, 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 I don't like fishing for, <laughs> I hate those kinds of questions. I was curious about it because I was, I was really just considering the fact that people who are listening might be like, you know, I'm way too shy to do something like that. I'm way to this, I'm way to that, the container definitions that prevent us from then moving yeah. forward. So in our awareness, that gives us the fuel we need to know, oh, my shyness is something that might prevent me from doing it. And so what do I need to muster up? Yeah. Perhaps it is this concept of, I don't have to leap all the way to being this extroverted high energy you don't yeah. have to leap to opportunities to that that may be way outside my comfort zone but also way outside what we're talking about here is to go from ordinary to extraordinary it is a small step of yeah. a, li a little extra fervor so a little a little bit more like 
energy, a little extra focus, a little like, what's my intention? How do I want to be helpful? What exactly do I want to do in this moment to just change a little bit outside of what I would normally do? And then flare of perhaps my own personality that I want to bring into this that does create something that's unique to anyone else. So, so Reese, you had asked earlier about the kind of the, the 13 we had, and it was this play, it, it was along this path that each one, we started with as low level of resistance as possible, right? Yeah. you know, and then elevated a little more. So the first, I mean, before you cross the street to talk to a stranger, Teresa, yeah. right? so this was one of the challenges. I think we called it the connection challenge. Everybody you encounter who is wearing a name tag that day, call their name. Hmm. I just have this belief, okay? Other than me, people that are wearing a name tag, it's for your benefit, not theirs, right? It's not so they can look down and say, who am I? Oh, I'm Kevin. Right? <laughs> Every once in a while, I need that. What, what is my name? Oh, yeah, I'm Kevin. <laughs> no, it's not so they know who they are. It's so you know who they are. So what if when the server or, or you're in the line at your coffee shop and the barista has on a name tag, rather than just going up and, and doing the transaction like everybody else does it, just go, hey, Reese. And if all you can do is say, hey, Reese, you personalize that. Mm -hmm. Now, if you can say, hey, Reese, you having a good day? So that's the next little step, right? So you do those little steps before you cross the street for some people. But the other thing is, this is an interesting thought for me to try to articulate, Teresa. Okay. And it's one I, I struggle with at times, right? If I can realize it's not about me. So I go over and say, hello, is everything okay? And even if I get cussed out, what's the risk in that? Right. Was that filmed and broadcast on the evening news tonight? Hmm. Probably not. But even if it were, what would be so bad about that? Right. So I think we, I think a lot of the barriers to this are things we've built up in our minds where we're making this more about us. Well, what if they reject me? Well, who cares? I mean, really get over yourself. It's not that big of a deal if somebody tells you to go F off. True, right? What if they don't? Yeah. What if they behave in this particular way about me? Well, it's because, probably because they don't really know me. So yeah, their behavior is just their behavior. It's got nothing to do with yeah. me. To get out of your comfort zone, it only takes one. Uh, wow, I've never said this before either. It only takes one step to move beyond your comfort zone. Yes. We're looking, we're looking miles out of our comfort zone and we see something that is, you know, a hundred yards or five miles out of our comfort zone. No, just take a step. Right. Because this word extraordinary, we've used it before to define things that are way outside of most people's reach. And by definition, that implies we have to have this yeah. grand extreme to talents and skills and status and to achieve it. And we're like, no, 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 no. We're challenging this whole definition of what it means to be extraordinary. It is a very personal feeling. Yeah. yeah. I love this concept of you describing you stack habits that mm -hmm. gain momentum. So the first one you put in place is almost a guarantee success. So Absolutely. You get the win. You get the win and you get that feeling of like, oh, right. 
this is not really as hard as I thought it was going to be. I put this image in my brain of what it's what it means to be extraordinary in my life. And it turns out just using someone's name in an interaction creates something entirely different than I was used to. And I see their shift, but I feel my shift. And now mm -hmm. all of a mm -hmm. sudden I am experiencing a greater level of joy and happiness and participation in my life that is equivalent to extraordinary. Okay, so as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking of something else that I've thought through the years, recent years, and it is how different our conceptions are in where we just accent the word. Is it extraordinary or extraordinary, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so for me, the, the way I think of it is, the extraordinary life is discovered doing one extraordinary thing at a time. Yeah. <laughs> That's my mind blow. Like, yeah. Right. Cause we, so, so many times we look at this as like you were saying, extraordinary is so far out there. Extraordinary is I could never achieve extraordinary. Well, what if you just looked at what's ordinary and did ordinary with extra focus, flair, or fervor, then all of a sudden you're living the extraordinary life. And you don't even need to live that extraordinary life. As long as you're having that commitment to doing something extra every day, the whole concept of being extraordinary sort of goes out the window and you just appreciate the fact that you're having these extra experiences and you're making a difference in more and more people's lives every single day. Yeah, I really agree with what you just said there, yeah. We have this hashtag, it's called not anymore. And yeah. it also is a question, right? So we can't not pay attention to the culmination of little things that build toward an extraordinary life. By listening to this and hearing from you, we now also can't not pay attention to the fact that we are ordinary by choice and we can be extraordinary by design with a little extra focus, Love prayer, it. and fervor. <laughs> so to help our listeners start doing differently, what would be the first thing that you would recommend they start today? <laughs> oh, well, I have a different answer for that than I might've had a year ago, right? gratitude. Just look around and find something in your life to be grateful for in this moment. Rather than, because so many of us, when, when we are thinking of that extraordinary life, we're, like, we're looking at what we lack. We're looking at what others have that I don't. And that sets us and perpetuates us in the scarcity loop. Right. And we just in, in the scarcity loop, what I've discovered is it is a, a slippery slope or the, the sucking vortex down. The abundance loop is a gradual ascent up. And the first thing to do is just look around and find something for which you are grateful for in this moment. So, Teresa, I mean, you know, when we start the, the Humans First Hangout or when I start the Higher Purpose Podcast, one of my first questions is always something around, what are you grateful for in this moment? Mm -hmm. Everybody that is listening to this or watching this, everyone, all of us, we can say, oh yeah, I'm still alive. 
Mm -hmm. because I don't think dead people are watching. <laughs> so that's one. And then you go. That's a very limited, narrow thought perspective of what the dead are capable of, Kevin. <laughs> So, I mean, but, but then you, then you start other things, right? And then you can grow this gratitude and then all of a sudden you start realizing new possibilities. And, you and as you mentioned earlier, when there's the bend in the road that we weren't anticipating, if you're all, if you're always operating from a space of abundance, when that bend occurs, you will be able to pick yourself up and get your feet moving a lot faster than if you were living from the space of scarcity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then something else you kind of go, well, gosh, I knew this guy, Reese, he went through one of these bend in the roads. Maybe I could call Reese. You just know, wow, there was somebody else that's been here before. Mm -hmm. I remember hearing a conversation on TNT and there was, some, oh yeah, maybe I go listen to that again. Mm -hmm. Any of those, right? I mean, you just, all of a sudden you go, oh yeah, it's not as bad as I thought it was. There's always hope. Thank you so much, Kevin, for, I mean, clearly your passion, which is great. <laughs> your gift of exploration and dialogue is, this has been a tremendous joy for myself. And I'm going to speak for Reese because I'm the mouth of this partnership. <laughs> Let's be <laughs> <real. Exactly>. Yeah. <laughs> we always want to be able to challenge ourselves to be doing better. And that is going to require us to do things a little bit differently. So thank you for sharing so much of your wisdom and your life experiences. And to our audience listening, if they want to connect with you, they can do so on LinkedIn, email Kevin at KevinDemonroe.com. Tell us about your podcast. The Higher Purpose Podcast. It's in its third year of doing this. I believe business is a force for good. Purpose is a force for animating and energizing business. So that's primarily, but you know, there's this point of whether you're just looking for more fulfillment individually or through your work or you're a business owner or a leader, we, we just have conversations. And, and I love that you all started with conversations. I'm going to tell you the first year of the podcast I did, I conducted interviews. Then there was this moment. I'm like, this is boring. I don't want to conduct interviews. I want to host conversations. And that shifted everything for me in the podcast. So it's a weekly podcast. I, I talk to interesting people. Sometimes those are people that are, have some celebrity status. Usually not. You know, I just, I look for interesting people, the people that are doing something extraordinary and let's unpack that and let's find out how we can be inspired and encouraged by it. And I love it that it is an opportunity, just like you're, it's an opportunity, a vehicle for relationship. Thank you so much for coming on, Kevin. I really appreciate uh, your uh, unique expertise in this area and i think all our audience will be able to go away with if not extraordinary at least a little bit extra as they go through the rest of this uh, this week <laughs> so then i have to say one more thing if if you want to have more gratitude in your life check out the gratitude challenge dot community you can always find a gratitude challenge starting soon we, we just keep doing it so whenever you hear this if you if you want 10 days of gratitude is what we invite people into. We provide you a prompt, different kinds of prompts that encourage you to just think differently about, wow, there's something to be grateful for.
I've done the 10 day gratitude challenge and I was incredibly grateful for having the prompts because the traditional write in a journal, three things you're grateful for today. I don't like that way of practicing gratitude. It doesn't resonate with me. I find it really difficult to do. And it's not that I generally look for the easy way out. I look for a way to be successful so that I can uh, mm -hmm. continue with the habit. And this really did do a great pivot for me to start the habit again and then transfer that habit to my family so that we can continue it on forward. Love it. So to end our show, Kevin, rapid fire Q&A with each of our guests. Pretty straightforward. We're going to give you 10 statements, two choices. You pick a choice. Are it you sounds ready? simple enough. Yes, doesn't it? <laughs> I, I don't think it's going to be as simple as I think, though. But anyway, I'm ready. Okay. Manager or leader? Leader. Active or reactive? Active. Black and white or gray? Ooh, not color, huh? Um, well, gosh, I'm wearing a black and white shirt today, but uh, more gray. Optimist or realist? Oh, gosh. Um, I, I, Victor Frankl said tragic optimist. I'm going to have to look that up. <laughs> optimist, but but the, the tragic optimist brings the realism into it. It's not this rose-colored glasses. But, but tragic optimism that even when things are bad, something good is coming out of it. Yes, I love that. Okay. Sorry, I couldn't give you. <laughs> That's okay. This, is, this next one is often the one that stumps people the most. Just remember, lots of love coming right from here. Um, Canada or England? <sighs> wow, yes. I know, it's tricky. <laughs> Just remember, um, Canada never tried to colonize anyone. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> yes, Canada and England. All right, fine. <laughs> Number six, heart or head? Heart. Empathy or assertiveness? Empathy. Introvert or extrovert? Uh, ambivert? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I think I'm writing down like seven new words I learned today. <laughs> And oh, okay, I, at least I didn't say pervert. Okay. I mean, <laughs> oh, but I just did. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Number nine, logical or emotional? Uh, emotional. And last but not least, innovation or process? Innovation. Okay, we did like a whole lot of learning and conversation and exploration. We had way too much fun, <laughs> which is never possible. Your passion, your connection, your truth, it's so inspiring. Thank you so much. To our listeners, thanks for being part of this episode of TNT ESQ. And until next time, keep challenging the status quo. Hey, thanks for joining us on this episode of TNT ESQ with myself, Teresa Quinlan, and my co-host, Reese Thomas. It was a pleasure having you stop in and listen. Until next time, keep challenging the status quo.